Hi, welcome to Saltata, the show where we talk about security that matters. No fud, no hype, just a little bit snark. I'm Famida Rashid, senior writer at CSO Online, and here's my colleague, Dee Reagan. Today, we're going to talk about phishing, application security, and some really cool tools. And we're back. Hey, Steve, how's it going? Good evening. <laughs> oh, no, he's in one of his moods today. Yep, that's pretty much how I am every day. How are you? I'm good. Now, I just want to jump right in because this is a story that you've been talking about, and I'm really excited about it. So a couple of weeks ago, I think a bunch of us got the phishing email, and we're all talking about it internally, saying, hey, did you get this? Did you fall for it? So Steve, being Steve, decided to find out what the phishing email is about. Who did it? So kind of walk us through that because you've had several updates since then. Oh, it's crazy, actually. So um, wrote about it on Sultanat, so you can jump on the blog if you want to, to, to read in more detail. Also, um, I, I published a massive list of indicators <laughs> with the help of a few other researchers so that like the initial wave of this campaign is, is eventually can be known and, and ferreted out through the logs. But You got the indicators from point, multiple sources, right? It wasn't just like one uh, Yeah. Yeah, I've got like two or three different people now helping me. And here in this recent uh, wave, which I'll talk about in a second, uh, I've got like four or five more. Um, I have multiple sources. And the thing is, it's great because I have like a, a solid lead on everything. Get, uh, sorry, I, I'm jumping like way ahead. Let me give you the basics. Um, so what happened was, like, like Femina had said, we all got this phishing email. And it was like, hey, your your mailbox is over right. quota. Click here to fix that. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, <laughs> look, <laughs> somebody's trying to fish us. <laughs> oh, this is great. Right. It was Let's... pretending to be Office 365, I think. Yep. Yeah. So normal people would see that, recognize it as a fish, either report it to IT or just delete it. Not me. No. <laughs> I, I want to go play with some skitties, so I need to know what's going on. Therefore, I started digging into the email and I was like, well, where is it pointing me to? All right, well, here's that website. What's this? Do? Oh, look at this. And it's a neat little replica of the, the O365 login. And I'm just like, huh. All right, well, what's this phishing kit doing? If I try to log in, what happens to me? Am I going to get malware? What's going on? And so did I start playing around Did you actually log in? Like, what did... You didn't actually log in on that, did you? Absolutely. Not with my credentials, oh, but okay. I, I, I gave it plenty of usernames and passwords and it was doing nothing. And in fact, here's the funny thing. I actually gave it valid O365 credentials. I keep a test account that's mm. literally just sitting there to play with. And I, I, I do it for a couple of reasons. One, I, I keep the account up just so I have something I can feed credentials to that are valid in case it passes sure. valid credentials over. And also, if somebody does try to take over that account, the logging allows me to see who, where, what, when, and why. But I, I going back to that, I started playing with the script, and I realized all it's doing is harvesting credentials. It's okay. not dropping anything or anything like this. So I wrote it up, explained how easy it was to spot it as a fish, you know, and I published it. A couple of days after that, somebody contacts me, and they're like, hey, it's not just a random phishing attack. You're a part of a much larger campaign. Come to find out, oh, absolutely we are. There's a group of Nigerians coming out, and what they're doing is they're they're blasting out these phishing emails, and 
it's a classic BEC attack, business oh. email compromise. And so what they're doing is they're harvesting, harvesting these credentials, and then they go inside of your account after you fall for the, the fish, and then they blast out to your address book, and then they, they keep moving forward from there. And because they blast it out to your address book, then people think, oh, hey, this automatic is trust. Yeah. Yep, automatic trust. And here's the kicker. If somebody's like, hey, you know, oh, well, Famita sent this email and wants me to fix my quota. That seems odd. Let me jump on Skype. Hey, is this legit? You, as the scammer, answer back. Absolutely legit. Follow mm-hmm. that link. Problem <laughs> with having all the apps under one suite, right? Very much so. That is the risk. And so we wrote about that. I published the follow-up after we realized it was part of a larger scam. I outlined how that scam works, how the backend's working, how they're developing their templates. Here's a massive list of IPs. If you've seen any of them, you're in trouble. Here's a list of IP or address <laughs> URLs. If your p- logs show that people have been visiting those, you're in trouble. If your logs show URLs that look like this or URIs rather, you know, you might want to dig into that. Um, and, and the thing is, it's, it's a pretty basic scam. They're taking over abandoned WordPress installations, installing their own script and going from there. But when they email people out, it's a legitimate company, a legitimate domain, usually with a very positive reputation, which makes it almost impossible to block. Because the reputation blocking is not going to detect it. If it's an email, it knows that this is legitimate. So it actually bypasses pretty much every email filter or trick there is. Exactly. So here's where it gets funny. Uh-oh. Here's where we are now. Here's where it gets funny. About a week after I published that story, I'd, I'd gone to Kentucky for DerbyCon. I'd come back. I checked my email, and there's a message from a different address, and it's re the original subject line. Okay. Mailbox quota. Yeah. Okay. It's re that, and it says, we haven't heard from you. Respond today or your box will be suspended. Your inbox will be suspended. Oh, so we're like, really going for scare tactics Right, I was just here. like, Stugatz, look at this. <laughs> All right, well, what, what, what's, what's going on here? Same scammers, same infrastructure, same everything, just different websites and different uh, URI paths. But like the initial I, IP from like, um, you know, like the IPs and stuff have changed because they're using a new victim. Right. And they're using a new, uh, you know, a new landing page. But the lure itself was just comical because it's like, hey, we haven't heard from you, which tells me that in some way they are tracking who clicks the links. Because when I followed the original link, I kept my um, the address they used right. in the the big long string of characters. So maybe they're seeing that I clicked it but didn't take any action after that. And like any other salesperson, they're following up going. You, you kind of left all that stuff in your shopping cart. If you Are come you back sure today, you don't want to buy that stuff? Right. You know, come back today. We'll give you 20% off and we'll steal your password. It's fine. So they they just have this, 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 this just, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of, of a funny way to say this, you know, and make the point without being not too family friendly. So <laughs> we'll just skip that. You get my point. I could not believe that they did that. That just takes some, some brass ones. And so I'm, Digging into that, following that up, and then like a day later, I get a completely different set of emails from a completely different company, and it's the same scam. Wow, Only you're now, on their list. Right? I, I am on somebody's list. This is fantastic, if you ask <laughs> me, because all of the things I'm collecting. So this one is an invoice. Okay. okay? And so it's, it's attached, find the invoice, and you'll be able to – Okay. Yep. 
And so when you open the invoice, it's it, first it's a bin file, B I N. Oh, okay. But when you when you dig into the bin file, it's actually just an HTML page. And when you open that the the bin file up, if you access the bin file, it's going to launch like Firefox, mm-hmm. and it's going to point you to a website that is legit replicated like a Excel online document. And it's oh. asking for your Excel credentials. And because uh, we're still using the Office three sixty five scam, all right? Yep. Wow. Yep. It's it's mesmerizing. So I've I've been digging up on that, and then. Of course, as I'm I'm sitting here at this computer, my notes and everything are on the the computer across the room. Um, but I've got like 40 new IP addresses that I'll be releasing out and, and putting out there. Um, I have two victims that have uh, been monitoring this on a dummy account that they've okay. left open, and so now we have better TTPs that we could talk about. I mean, it's the story I, I, I'm I'm writing currently is going to be a follow-up to the one we just published but it's going to have a little more information and as long as these idiots keep coming after me i'm going to keep writing and following them down because it's what i do but it's it's hysterical to think that you know they're they're legit sending follow-up emails like dear victim you didn't respond last time and that disappoints us please click here to send your apologies it's like that's that's just what (laughs) And kind of makes works. you wonder if they're using Salesforce or some kind of a CRM to really track, like, oh, is this our lead? Is this our prospect? They're using Office 365. I mean, they're using Office 365. That's the thing. And depending on the apps and stuff that's loaded into, you know, the 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 suite, if you think, because you know they have an app store for Office right. that you can add stuff to. Uh, CRMs is one of them, and how many companies are using that to manage their email address books? Exactly. Ooh, that would be an interesting little twist. I mean, yeah. no proof, but I mean, it's certainly possible. <laughs> I mean, that's that starts making you wonder just how much they have gone inside the Office 365 marketplace, just the infrastructure. And like you pointed out, there really isn't a way to be like, oh, we're going to block O365 stuff. That's not the point. Yeah. yeah. And the, 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 the thing is, is right now they're harvesting credentials and then targeting address books, but because so much is tied into your Office 365 account. And in many organizations, that's the account you use to log into your network and everything else. Exactly. These these companies are hosed. Yeah. And it's it's either a one off thing that they're able they're gonna be able to catch and stop or it's gonna get a lot worse. Yeah. And it's literally it's it's almost like a four one nine scam. But see they, they right. alter things. So they we're not having email. Nigerian princess anymore. No. The yeah. original email when it comes to you is like, hey, you know, fix your email quota. And if you fall for that, the follow-up email that comes out that goes internally to your address book Mm -hmm. is, by the way, have you seen this? Oh, so yeah, it's very much a natural conversation. Yes, yes, very much so. Well, you actually said something that makes it a great um, follow-up to our next topic where you're talking about outdated WordPress. And you know what? We're always talking about application security, how you make sure your sites are safe, how the code that you're writing is secure. And the reason I want to even talk about it is I think for the past four months now, the OWASP, the, do you remember what OWASP stands for? Oh, shoot. Uh, Something project. (laughs) Web application security project. Yeah, the Open Web Application Security Project. Thank you. So they have a top 10 list where they talk about the most common threats against web application. 
as expected every year, every time they update the list, is SQL injection. Unfortunately, that's still the first one. 2017, we're still dealing with SQL injection. Is uh, that 26 years now? Something like years? that. <laughs> 20, 20 some odd. Like, I do know SQL injection is not only old enough to vote, it's old enough to drink. <laughs> so I, mean, I, I do know that much. Yeah. So I assume you're, you're, you're talking about the, the OWASP top 10. Did, uh, did they get rid of A7 and A10 or is that yes, still there? Yes, they did. That's official. That's been removed. They got rid of them? Yep, they got oh, rid of it. Sweet. So, I mean, time. I think it actually shows that when the security community speaks up and says, hey, we don't like it during the comment period, it actually got listened to. The release candidate is coming is uh, out the first week of October, and it's like, oh wow, people spoke up. People talked about what's important. But here's the question: um, Jeremiah Grossman, you know, we all know him. He's a really smart, smart guy. He actually asked if there's any value in updating the top ten. Like we know what the issues are. Do we want to keep spending the time and effort to updating? Maybe we should just focus on, okay, let's fix it. Here are the controls, you know, sanitization and validation. So I kind of want to throw that out to you. Like, are we emphasizing the wrong thing when we talk about these are the issues as opposed no. to, hey, this is what we should do? No, we're not. And so to go back to, to Jeremiah's point, and my only response to that is, why don't we have both? Right. So here's your list of ten things that we all know. That we all, we all know these issues. So here's your ten things, and now here's how here here's your controls. Yeah. Here's how you do them. Here's how you fix them, address them, mitigate them, what have you. Why don't we do both? Yeah. Why do they have to be mutually exclusive? Well, I, I think it's because need... nobody wants to read both. People are going to read one and not the other. Then you're doing it wrong, <laughs> because if you don't inherently know the problems you have on your network. Then there's absolutely no way when you find these problems, you know what what controls are available to you. You right. need to to learn to read. Ninety percent of IT <laughs> RTFM. Seriously, we we grew up with this this saying, and there's there's a reason RTFM is so prevalent. So if you're not willing to read to learn your controls, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. There's no shame in not knowing something, but to willfully ignore the yeah. answer or solution in front of you, that's ludicrous. Yeah. That's absolutely stupid. And if that's your mentality for dealing with IT and IT security, get out. We don't want you. Yeah. We have better things to be dealing with. And so I think we need to to keep an updated list of the top 10. But I also think that the reason we haven't seen many changes is because there are no changes to make. Yeah. You know, we're joking we about the fact that this. Yeah, we're joking about SQL injection being 21 years or 20 some odd whatever years old, and the point being is it's still a thing. Yeah, we've had all this time, and yet we've got the the, the developers sharing code and cut and pasting code in. That's oh, just let me horrify you. I PHP exists. I mean, it, it's just a, a thing that that it's it's very frustrating. We would probably get an updated list of new things every year if we could fix the crap that's already there, but we can't. And so we're stuck with what we have. It's Sorry. Scary. But I was just going to say, I want to horrify you. IOActive just released research on um, investment applications, you know, because you don't want to deal with brokers. You mm -hmm. do the apps. And the common issue. <laughs> All of them are broken. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. That, I really wish they would mention names. But I also understand why they don't. But one of the common issues these investment applications, so we're talking about where people are using their money, creating their retirement portfolio, they still transmit passwords in clear text. 
Scott Trade or you mean you mean like apps like Scott Trade and like the the uh, I don't even know financial brokers. I mean, they, did they mention or bad mention no names at all? They mentioned no name. They just did percentage, but they were talking about how is clear text password. How they're still transferring information on unencrypted HTTP. They're inf- exposing ap- account information so that if there is anything on the device that can harvest data, all that data is completely leaked. These are basic issues. It kind of goes right back to what we were talking about. Like, so we're not. Here's my problem anything. with that. And this study. is money. Yeah, here's my and here's my problem with that study. I love IOActive, fantastic company. I truly do like that, and they have some brilliant people working there. But when you compile research like this and you put out that report, not naming names, it does nobody in the public any good. So right now I've got a father who does investment banking and I know for a fact, I mean, he uses Scott trade. So here's my, here's my question. Is that one of the apps? Is my father's data at risk and nobody knows about it? Was Scott trade if they, and I'm not saying Scott trade was a part of this. Right. What I'm saying is you don't know. They're the one, I, they're the only one I know of. Right. So here's the question then. Were they notified of this research? Yeah. Did they I fix something? I, 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 sorry. I acted good. <laughs> it's the vowels. But they did work with the apps. Um, I'm actually unclear on if all of them fixed the issues or some of them are still in the process of, which again is problematic because now I'm sitting here wondering, wait a minute, who did and who didn't? Yeah. And so this is one of those those things where, you know, I I get kind of on a tangent on on, on full disclosure and then the the often abused term of responsible disclosure, which is... (laughs) That's a different topic for us for another day. Another I, can get day. Pretty, I can get pretty stabby when it comes to that <laughs> stuff. But at the same time, you know, I think if it's just a matter of time to name the companies mm-hmm. after they fix something and get their story, kind of like a case study, you know. Yeah. Like, and again, I only use their name here because they're the ones I know. But let's say Scott Trade had an app and they were the ones that was vulnerable and it got reported to them and they fixed it. Then you get a That's a actually good PR. Them. You actually yeah, get people get saying, oh, I know, trust you. In the, the, like a case study almost. That's worth keeping the report for as long as you need to or, you know, giving a little extra time because I don't know how long IOActive worked on this research, but I imagine it probably took them a, a good deal of time. So why aren't we talking – why aren't we taking the education piece of this a bit further and telling people if you use this app, make sure it's been updated. Yeah. Don't scare them. You don't come out and say if you use this app, your data has been compromised. You're doomed, <laughs> doomed, doomed. That's not what I'm talking about. We what need I'm to turn is, that into a gift, by the way. Just going doomed, doomed, doomed. 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 So, so you got the, you're doomed, doomed, and then. So, yeah, we, Chris, get on it. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, there's, there's a, instead of of drilling it out for news, I would have drilled it out as an education thing. And and there's, there's plenty of ways you could have worked with the the companies to do that. I just don't know how they they did things at IOActive and I'm not trying to pick on them. I'm just saying that, you know, hearing first going back to our original topic, hearing that these apps are vulnerable, not at all surprising. Uh, I think mobile apps are probably good. Mobile apps are now caught up to where we were about 15 years ago on desktop and laptop security. All that stuff's going to repeat itself. We're going to have to keep dealing with it. And so this doesn't shock me. And the only thing I can say is be happy it's companies like IOActive fixing, finding and fixing these things because 
you know, 10, 15 years ago, we didn't have companies like that finding exactly. and fixing things. What and we had was some kid is, on IRC. It, it might be a little slow, it might be incremental, but it actually leads us all to being more secure because oh, yeah, it's getting thick. Absolutely. And, and again, you know, my only thing is, is I think there could have been more with the education side yeah. to that, that, that thing. It's not that I'm discounting anything IOActive did because, again, they have really smart people over there. It's just that I often worry that the marketing and the, the sales side of this type of research-driven stuff is, is more important than the education aspect. But that's just my opinion on that stuff because I'm more of a – Let's calm down. It's not the end of the world, but here's what you need to know type of fella. I'm, I'm not – I don't care how bad the hack is or, or anything like that. Rarely like am I going on. to be – Yeah. Rarely am I going to be like, you know, hey, set your desk on fire. You're done. That's just not going to happen. I mean there's always something to learn yeah. and, and something to do about it. So. And I think that's important. Like, we don't want to be just like, oh, this happened. We're done. It's okay. This happened. Let's do it better next time. Let's keep improving. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be done. It's always an improvement. Yep. So, let's go a little happier again. So, happy hour? Happy hour, you wish. <laughs> I was like, happy hour? <laughs> little too early. It's only 1230, but okay. <laughs> so, you recently did a story kind of talking about pen testing tools. Yep. Um, InfoWorld recently did a sort of series of cool open source projects. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of talk about some cool security tools. You know, you give us like one or two really cool pen testing tools that you can think of. And I can talk about one that I'm really proud of that came out of Bossies. What do you think? So the, the top two tools are the ones I play with the most. That's the, the Social Engineering Toolkit set and mm -hmm. Metasploit. Oh, and so this is I, your Steve Reagan stamp of approval. Yeah. All right. Yep. These are the ones I play with the most. And while I'm far and away nowhere close to being an expert at them, when somebody with you know basic understanding of technology and how things work can follow a prompt on a screen and develop a phishing campaign that literally, you know, not only works, but can drop payloads and do other things like that. That's, that's a, 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 a very powerful tool that the blue team can have in their arsenal. So I know when I turn. do it, I get a bit of a rush, like, Ooh, look what I did. Do you get that? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. No, no. Anytime you hack anything, you get that rush. And, <laughs> and I think the, the, the real, the real th thrill is knowing that you did it on your own. Right. So, you know, for, for me, you know, I'm a blue team guy. So when I go and, and use Metasploit against, you know, well, I'm not really a blue team guy. I guess you can call me purple, more red than anything <laughs> no, else. You're but, purple. but running, you know, just trying to run, you know, Metasploit against like what you think is a vulnerable server and then realizing that the mitigations and patches you've used are standing up to this. That's a really good feeling. That's yeah. a rush. That you think, but, hey, I'm actually doing it right. If someone tried I, this payload, I'm good. Exactly. Exactly. But there, so when it comes to pen testing, there's so many different tools like uh, Aircrack NG. You know, if it's over the if it's over the air, I got you. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Have a nice day. Um, you've got the, the browser exploitation framework beef. Yeah. Again, <laughs> congratulations. If you have a browser on your computer, I got you. Have and a nice you know day. what? Everything is delivered over the browser now. So, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. You got. Um, oh, I am completely. <laughs> 
forgetting the name, but it like focuses on databases yeah. and literally it's click, click, pwn, yeah. you're done. Blind SQL injection, things like that. And I can't think of the, the name off the top of my head, but I promise you it's in the story. We did list it. I swear it's, yeah. it's right there. You can well, check I mean, it that's out. That's kind of cool because we're actually talking about how pen testing used to be a red team effort, but now it's actually something blue team can do and blue team yep. should be using to test Absolutely. your defenses, test your controls. So yep. I'm going to throw if out... If you can't eat your own dog food, you've got problems. Oh, of course. But I'm going to throw out two tools that I found out about, which I think is pretty cool, and it's entirely a blue team thing. So we know about least privilege. You know, don't give users admin rights on their endpoint, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So Netflix. We like Netflix. Not just for the movie, because they create cool things. They created a project called Aardvark. Oh! Do you know about this? Yes, yes. So I think it's pretty cool because, you know, Amazon Web Services, that's where we all are. That's where all our data is, unless you're a law firm. (laughs) And (laughs) it's all about roles, who has access to what within the AWS environment. And Netflix created Aardvark, which sole job is to dump all that data so that you know exactly which services each role has. And then they took it a step forward where they said they have another tool called RepoKid. Mm-hmm. And RepoKid's entire job is to take all that dump that Aardvark created and determine which permissions are not needed and remove it. Huh. So not only do you actually find out these are the user roles, you can then go back and say, you know what, this guy doesn't need permission and there's a way to do it. So I love the fact that Netflix came up with a way to A, solve the problem, and B, even find out what that problem is. I like that. It's like, okay, blue teamer, go, start. Look at your AWS environment. No more excuses about, oh, it's a chaotic thing. There's too many users. You have a tool now. Like, I love that concept. So it's just one of those things I saw, and I, I'm not kidding. I squeed. I was like, hey, I love this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there are things I look at, and I just get completely giddy. Nice. But yeah, it's like there's so many great tools, penetration testing, like actual defense, actual monitoring. We should be using them. Why aren't we? But, uh, you know, folks, thanks for tuning in. We're going to talk more about attribution, artificial intelligence, and more next time. And remember, the salt and salted hash is something you know. (laughs) 